Would you stand up with us this morning? We have a lot to praise. Let's sing about the great things God has done in our lives and in this church and in this community. We have a lot to praise Him for. He has done great things. Sing with me now. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. Good morning and welcome to Harmony. I am thrilled that you're here today and I'm going to tell you something. I'm thrilled to be here today uh, as well. It is good to be back with you and I just want to say thank you for being an incredible church family. Uh, you have blessed my family uh, beyond measure uh, and uh, we are thankful to be able to be a part of this church and the church family uh, that we know as Harmony. If you are a guest with us today, we want to thank you for uh, being here with us, whether you're in person, whether you're watching online. Uh, welcome to Harmony and we hope that today's service, the message, the entire contents of everything makes a difference in your life today. In fact, if this is your first time uh, with us today and you're watching online, let us know. Just say, hey, this is my first time and I'm looking forward to, to hearing and learning more about who Harmony is and what's, what's taking place uh, there. Uh, and we would love to send you out a gift. So just make a connection with us and we will contact you. If you're in person, here's what we would love for you to do. If you could 
stay through the entire service, right? That's, that's the first thing, right? And then at the end of the service, before you go home today, if you would just stop at the Connection Center, uh, we have a gift that we would love to send home uh, with you, and we just want to be able to say thank you for being here and being a part uh, of our service today. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here with us today. A couple of quick announcements that I just want to share, some things that uh, I want to remind you of that, that are taking place here uh, at the church. Really quickly, I want to tell you about uh, our ladies' ministry. Ladies' ministry is kind of uh, coming back and making a resurgence uh, through COVID. A lot of things changed, and there's just a lot of difficulty to, to get together. Uh, but uh, we have uh, some things that are, are great opportunities to be a part of. And there's a couple of events that, that are coming up, and there's more information back on the back table today uh, on, on your way out over here on, on this side. There's some sign-up sheets where you can learn more about what's taking place with some of the ladies' opportunities uh, that are there. Along with that, there's an opportunity for you to uh, have a, a night of fun, team building, learning more about each other, uh, and serving to make a difference here at Harmony and here in the ladies' ministry. Now, this is open to anyone, uh, and, and if, if you're anyone that, that is 16 or above, I believe, uh, but if you would like to be a part of a serve night down at Lucas Oil, uh, it's a great time to learn more about other people, uh, to, to serve the community as a whole, and then to make money to help uh, fund and offset some things that the ladies' ministry uh, is doing. If you would like to be a part of that, we would encourage you uh, to get signed up for that opportunity today before you leave. And again, incredible opportunity to work with and learn more about others and, and to make a, a long-term difference within the kingdom of God. Well, today we're going to continue our series entitled Remarkable, and uh, I know that uh, over the past couple of weeks we've had some, some great messages. AJ did an awesome job with uh, Mark chapter 8 and talking about uh, the, the blind man and, and restoring and, and the things that were taking place, then Jamie Regal and then Gary Varvel last week, and uh, God's been doing some uh, incredible things. We've had people saved here. Uh, last week I wasn't on vacation. I was out in Pittsburgh speaking. Uh, we had a, a, a gentleman saved there online. Uh, same thing we had here last week, uh, and, and it's uh, an incredible opportunity uh, to, to be alive right now with things unfolding like they are and church being different and, and the world uh, just taking on some different aspects. There, there's some difficulty, but there is a lot of opportunity, uh, and we want to focus on that opportunity that God is bringing our way. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to sing a couple more songs, then we're going to have an opportunity to hear a message uh, from Mark chapter 8, and today we're just going to talk about uh, probably the most important question that we could ever be asked and how we answer that one is really going to make a difference in our life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And Lord, I just ask that today you hear the words that, that come from these songs. And, and Lord, I ask that you would hear those words that come from our heart. Lord, there's, there's many here today that need help, that need encouragement. Lord, there's people who have walked through struggles this week, and they're in the midst of a valley right now. Lord, I, I just ask that today you would help us to hear from you. Father, that you would help us to be changed in these next moments as we sing, as we share in a message. And God, most importantly, I ask that if there's one today that doesn't know you, Lord, that today would be the beginning of an opportunity, not just to learn more about you, but to learn more about you and to live their life for you. Father, we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Stand with us one more time as we continue to worship this morning. Let's put Christ where he belongs, and that's right in the cornerstone of our lives as we build them, right in the center. Sing with me right here.
this is your I will statement. I will build my life. Sing with me. of your worthiness we have hope this morning hope this morning to stand on your word hope this morning to let your word pierce our heart and make a change in our lives so father as we worship today please accept our singing as a sweet savor and father open our ears right now open our hearts to the message that you've given john be with us in a great way let us feel your power and your presence in this room this morning Thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today the message is probably going to be delivered in a little different way than what I typically would. And for some of you right away, you think, wow, maybe it's going to be good, right? You're leaning in and thinking that today's going to be different. That's a good thing. What I mean by that is today is probably going to give us a little more opportunity for reflection, for, for a thought process, to, to, to look at our life and to, to ask some questions. Undoubtedly, we've all been asked an awkward question before, right? I mean, every one of us has been asked an, an awkward question. There, there's that moment where you've gotten up, you've gotten ready, and, and you're getting ready to leave the house, and, and, and somebody asks you the question, are you going to wear that today? You're like, I am wearing it. It's not a question of, am I going to? I am already doing that. But, but that tells us what they think of, of, of that moment or, or the, the moment that, that you get that food plate, that plate of food delivered and, and somebody says, are, are you going to be able to eat all of that? You're in that moment of, okay, if I eat all of that, I know what they think of me. And then it, it, it's this, should I be eating all of that? Maybe we, we've got some other awkward questions and moments that, that we could just think about ourselves. But let me ask you this. What's the most important question you've ever been asked? The, the, the most important question that, that's ever been given to you. For, for some, you might say, look, the most important question was, was when he finally got around to asking, right? Some of the ladies might, might say, look, that was the most important question when he said, will you marry me? For some of the guys, maybe you had one that, that was tired of waiting on you, and, and she said, look, will you marry me, right? Let, let's get this thing going in a, 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 a known direction. Well, I think maybe today we all could say we've been asked some awkward questions. I think we all could say we've been asked some very important questions. But as we look at the passage of Scripture today, Jesus asks a question that undoubtedly was awkward for those that were listening in that moment. It was a question that, that demanded a response. And, and Jesus asked the question, and then he waited for 
an answer. Now, when we look at, at Scripture, it doesn't tell us how long he waited. It doesn't tell us that there was this great pause. In fact, there may not have been much of a wait at all, but undoubtedly, it had to be awkward because not everyone in the group just jumped out and answered the question really quick. So, so let's take a look at Mark chapter 8, and we're just going to read down through some verses of Scripture, beginning in verse number 27. Mark chapter 8, verse number 27, Jesus is getting ready to ask an absolutely incredible question with tremendous importance for my life and your life. It says, now Jesus and his disciples went out to the town of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, saying to them, who do men say that I am? So, so get this in, in your mind. Jesus and, and his followers are, are walking down the road. They're just having a, a conversation. And, and Jesus, uh, along the way, says, look, I just want to ask you a question. Who, who do people really say that, that I am? What are your friends saying about me? What's the word on the street about me? That would be an awkward question to answer, right? I, I mean, if somebody comes alongside of you, somebody that you know, somebody that you love, somebody that you're, you're doing life with, and they say, hey, what does everybody else think of me? And, and you're going to give them an answer? Do, do you feel like a, a moment of transparency right there? Did you feel like a moment of, of answering that completely and, and honestly and beginning to, to share and, 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 and really divulge everything that you, you, you've heard or, or what people are are saying because undoubtedly we know that some of the Pharisees and some of the Sadducees don't have much good to say about Jesus. Yet at the same time, everywhere they go, crowds of people are, are coming out. Crowds of people are, are stepping out and they're saying, look, we want to know more about this Jesus guy and, and who he is and what he's really all about. So in verse number 28, here's what it says. It says, so they answered John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. Now he said, who do others say that I am? And, and then he, he stops and, and, and pauses and we can just kind of get in our mind. They're walking along, having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just kind of brings things to a halt. And here's what he does. He looks at him and he says this. He says, Okay, we know what other people are saying. John the Baptist, you know, uh, Elijah, uh, maybe one of the other prophets, right? He, he could have said, um, I'm kind of in good company. I mean, we, we can live with those comparisons. But, but here's what he says. He says, I'm really not all that interested in what everybody else thinks about me. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And then, really quick, there's one voice from the crowd, one guy that's always the first to answer, one, one guy that, that always has the answer for everything, whether it's right or wrong, he's the one that in class, he raises his hand, he runs up to the board first, he, he's, the, he's the guy that says, I've got the answer, his name is Peter, and here's what Peter says, you are the Christ. Now... There's this moment of silence, and Jesus looks at all of them, and the Bible says then he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. You see, when we look at Jesus, we, we go through, and over and over and over, he's called Jesus, right? And that's the reference that's there. And, and, and people are, are looking for one who's going to be a deliverer. People are looking for one who's, who's going to be a, a savior. Yet Jesus was a very common name in the day of Jesus. And when Peter comes out and says, you are the Christ, he's saying, I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe that you are the anointed one. And it's a special title reserved for one. It's a special title that gives them a unique, special position, and Jesus said, look, you're right, that's exactly who I am, but we're not ready to divulge that and talk about that, that yet at this point. Yet there's a shift, because in everything that Jesus has done up to this point, 
Jesus has went out and he's healed the lame. He's given sight to the blind. He's multiplied the, the, the food and fed the multitudes on more than one occasion. He's healed those that were brought to him that just wanted to touch the, the hem of his garment. One that was let down through the roof with, with four of his friends that brought him to Jesus. He, he heals him over and over and over. He's done some amazing, incredible things. Yet in this instance, now Jesus is going to begin to shift to the cross. Now Jesus is going to stay. Look, we've talked about all the other things and we've lived life together. We've done the healing crusades. We've had the, the big crowds. I, I've spoke for, for three days and people stayed with us. He said, but now it shifts. Now we're going to get down to where we're talking about the cross. Now we're getting down to not just getting something from me, but beginning to live a life for me. So, so he says, who do you say that I am? Peter responds, you are the Christ. And Jesus says, okay, let's not tell anybody about that. In verse number 31, it says, and he began to teach that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke this word openly. Get this. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We look and Jesus asks a question. Who do other people say that I am? Then he says, who do you say that I am? Then he says, we're not going to talk about that right now. And then he begins to talk about the cross and the same guy that said, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. The one who, who, who says, you are the Messiah. The one that's coming to die. That's coming to offer salvation. He, he stops Jesus. He says, Jesus, I just want you to know you got it all wrong. I know you, you wanted to know who I thought you were, and I told you on one hand that you're the Messiah, you're, you're, you're the Christ, you're the one that's going to come and die, but now I'm telling you that's not how it's going to unfold. Let, let me ask you something. Have you ever been quick to, to respond but, but slow to, to live? You ever been quick to make a, a declaration and quick to make a statement but, but slow to, to respond with, with action? Has is, is that ever happened? A, a moment where you said, oh, okay, this has got to be the right thing, and this is the direction that, that I should go, but, but when it comes to actually living it out, has it taken you a, a moment to, to get there? Has there been some, some hesitancy? We, we look at the, the story of Jesus as it unfolds in, in Mark chapter 8, and, and Jesus asks that question, who do you say that I am? And then he begins to move down through a list. He says, oh, okay, here, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that if anyone wants to come and, and follow me, here's the deal. you got to deny yourself. you got to take up your cross, and, and you got to be willing to follow me. Then I want you to, to, to know something else. Here, here's what you need to do. You need to be willing to lose your life instead of always trying to save it because when you lose your life for my sake, you gain everything. But, but what are you going to gain if you try and hold on to everything because because in the end, you are going to lose it and lose it to no avail. But if you'll follow me and you'll live your life for me, here's the deal. When I come back, I'm going to be more than proud of you. And I'm going to stand with you with the Father. Now, Jesus asks a question. And here's what we're doing today, and, and we're just going to walk through some things in this, this passage. I've been thinking about this message for, for several weeks now, and that doesn't mean I have a lot to say. It means I've whittled it down, and I'm going to say less than what I would have 
if I'd have given it three weeks ago. And, and, and here's, here's, here's the reality. And, and I just, just want to go ahead and, and, and ask you this question. When Jesus says, who do you say that, that I am? Here's, here's what I want to ask you. Am I willing to make a statement? That's, that's the, the first thing that, that we look at at this question that, that Jesus asked. Am I willing to make a statement? Who do you say that I am? I'm not asking right now, and Jesus isn't asking. The Bible's not asking, saying, hey, who, who does your mom or dad say that, that I am? Who, who does grandma or grandpa say that, that, that I am? The, the Bible tells us that Jesus point blank asks a question, who do you say that I am? And it's really easy for me to say, look, my, my parents said that, that you're the Christ. It, it's really easy for, for me to say, my mom, mom and pop-pop said that, that you are the Christ. It's really easy to say, man, I've got some incredible friends that I trust a lot, and they're way smarter than I am, and they say that you are the Christ. But Jesus looks, and he asks his disciples, those that claim to want to follow him and to do life with him, he says, okay, We've, we've talked about the others, but who do you say that I am? Now, I would ask you this morning a simple question. Are you ready to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ? Well, what does that mean? When we say, Jesus, I, I believe that you're the Christ, what we're, we're saying, Jesus, I believe that you're the one that came to die. For my sin. Jesus, I believe that, that you're the one that, that was buried. I believe that you're the one that rose again, as the scriptures state. I, I can't understand it. I, I, I can't put my mind around it. I can't grasp everything that, that's there with it. But, but that's what we ultimately need to come to, is am I willing to make that statement? Am I willing to say, Jesus, you are the Christ? Because that's the most important question we're ever going to be asked. Jesus says, and in fact, this is the, the one question that when we're asked, our response is, is going to affect us not just tomorrow, not just the next day. He says our response is going to impact us and affect us for eternity. So, so how we answer that is extremely important. So, so let me just ask you today, how would you answer Jesus asking you, who do you say that I am? He started off and he said, hey, guys, tell me, who does mom and dad say that I am? Who do your friends say that I am? What are the people on the streets saying about me? And then he comes down and he says, okay, who do you say that I am? Well, today we need to ask ourselves this question, am I willing to make a statement about who Jesus is in my life. And there's, there's really only two statements that, that, that we, can, we can make. I believe that he's the Christ, or maybe I haven't figured it out yet. I believe that he's the Christ, or, or I'm really not certain yet. Today, if, if, if you would say, look, I'm, I'm in that, that category that's really not certain yet, let, let me tell you something. Jesus had already healed. Jesus had already worked miracles. Jesus had done things that only God could do. And yet his closest followers would wrestle with who he really is and what he really came to do. You see, all of us are searching for answers and all of us want to know more about Jesus on some level, either to figure out if, if, if we really believe that he is the Christ to, to really come to, to that place in our life or, or really figure out where, where we are with him. And can I tell you something? Whether or not Peter responded with, we believe that you're the Christ, do you know what? He's still the Christ. And, and today, if you're on the fence and you would say, look, I'm, I'm not certain as to, to what I believe. Am, am I willing to say that, that he's the Christ? Am I willing to say that he's the son of the living God that came into this world to, to give his life for me so that I might be forgiven of my sins? Whether, whether we believe that and, and can get there mentally or not, guess what? He still is the Christ. So, so why not just take him up on it? Why not just say, look, I'm going to faith this thing out instead of trying to figure all of it out. Why not just say, okay, you are who, who you, you say you are, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, to be willing to trust you on that. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. You see, some of us are, are willing to make a statement and say, look, uh, 
you want to know who I think you are? I think you're, you're the Christ. And, and we'll speak boldly and loudly, but when Jesus asks us to do something a few minutes later, or he tells us how something's going to go, we want to rewrite the story. Because that's exactly what Peter did. Peter said, I believe you're the Christ. And, and he said, oh, okay, if you believe I'm the Christ, this is how it's going to unfold. This is how it's going to happen. And Peter said, oh, no, you got it all wrong. And some of us are just like that today. We would say, John, you don't even need me to ask the question. I would tell you, look, I believe that he's the Christ. Let me ask you this. Let, let me just ask you that this, this question. Just, just think about it for, for just a, a moment. Do you live like I am who you say I am? If Jesus were to ask that question, what would your response be? I say that you're the Christ. Okay, I say that you're the Christ, but, but do I live like you're the Christ? I have words that, that speak boldly and loudly and say, man, you're Jesus. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the one that's in charge. You're the one that came to redeem me. You're the one that's calling to live my life on, on purpose, for a purpose, and yet, sometimes I live in a way that's not quite lining up with that. Anybody ever been there before? You see, Jesus asks, who am I? Who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ. So let's look at the next question that we need to ask ourselves in light of the first question. And here it is. The first is, am I willing to make a statement? Am I willing to say that Jesus is the Christ? If I'm willing to say that Jesus is the Christ, then, then maybe I need to ask myself this question and do a little bit of reflection. Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender to the Christ? Am I willing to surrender to Jesus? Am I willing to, to willingly lay down my life and my will and my desire and, and take up his? You see... Sometimes Jesus' plan is a little different than ours, and when his plan is a little different than ours, sometimes when it costs us a little bit more, it unfolds a little bit differently, but we look at it and, and we say, man, that's not going to happen. Just like in verse number 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Do you know what? Peter said, I believe that you're the Christ, but Peter wasn't willing to surrender at that point in time. Peter was still willing to, to write the story. He was willing to write his relationship with, with Christ. He was willing to say, oh no, Jesus, you, you've got this wrong. I don't know whether he was hung up on the fact that the, the elders and the scribes and the religious leaders would, would reject him. I don't know what it was that, that he was held up on. He was looking for the Messiah. He said, I believe that you're the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, but, but how all of this is going to unfold, I'm not completely certain of, and I'm not completely comfortable with. But let me, let me ask you this. Are there times in your life where you're uncomfortable with the things that God is asking you to do? You're uncomfortable and uncertain with, with what he's calling you to do, with, with what his word teaches. You see, all Jesus did was teach what scripture was teaching, and Peter began to wrestle with it and said, it can't be like that. And here's the, the reality. One of the things that, that we have to do, if we're going to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ, is we have to come to a place where we're willing to surrender. And we need to ask ourselves that openly and honestly, and just say, okay, Jesus, what areas of my life right now am I, am I holding out on you on? What areas of my life am I not willing to surrender? I say you're the Christ and, and I can gather in worship and I can sing some songs and I can listen to a message and I believe the best I know how that you are the Christ. But, but when I leave and I go through the week and I, I, I live day in and day out and I've got choices that are before me and I have all these things weighing in on me, I, I begin to struggle with this whole concept of surrendering everything that I am and all that I am to you. And I tend to do battle with you in areas that I'm a little uncomfortable with or areas that I want to hold on to myself. You see, we can say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ, but are we willing to say, 
Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ. And because I believe that you're the Christ, I'm going to surrender because that's what you call me to. You see, Jesus gets rebuked by Peter, but Peter gets rebuked by Jesus. And here's what Jesus does. He had called the people to himself and his disciples also. And he said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Do you know what Jesus was saying? If you believe that I'm the Christ, then here's what you do. You surrender your life to me. It's not just surrendering our sin. I mean, I have no trouble surrendering the problems of my life to somebody else that can solve them, the things that I don't want, right? But the things that I struggle with and the things that I want to hold on to, sometimes I have trouble surrendering those because I want to take them back. And I want to say, I'm not ready to completely surrender this yet. And and here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, look, if if you want to call me the Christ and you want to say that that you believe I'm the Christ, here's here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to come to a place where where you say, "I'm, I'm willing to surrender. So today, maybe the question is this, am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender plans that I have for the plan that Jesus has Am I willing to, to surrender the initiatives that, that I have before me for, for the ones that, that Jesus has before me? You see, what does it mean to surrender? It means to lay down. It means to give up. It means to place ourselves under. And can I tell you something today? There's no better place for the Christian to live than under Jesus Christ. There's no better place for the Christian to, to build his life than under the instruction And the leadership of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he loves us and he has an incredible plan for our life. So I ask myself this question. Am I willing to make a statement? Am I willing to say, Jesus, you are the Christ? Well, it's followed up by by this question. Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to say, Jesus, you're the Christ? So I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender to the death of myself. What, what does that mean? I'm going to quit fighting Jesus and, and I'm going to quit trying to live for myself and I'm going to die to myself because that's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Paul said, look, this life is not mine. I've aligned myself with, with the cross of Christ and my life is not my own. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who is living in me. You see, sometimes we forget that surrender really means, yeah, I'm, I'm giving up rights to, to my life. Jesus said, if you'll deny yourself, what does it mean to deny yourself? It means to surrender. What, what does it mean to take up your cross? So, so, some, some of us think, man, when, when we take up our cross, that means that we're taking up a hardship. Oh, it's my cross to bear. No, that, that's not what it is. Taking up our cross is dying to ourself. You see, Jesus died for our sin, and we have to learn to die to self. And when it comes to taking up our, our cross, that there are a lot of things that we could say, look, there's some struggles and they're real and they're hard to deal with. But, but Jesus was saying, take up your cross. The cross is an instrument of death. We look at it and, 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 and we place it on, on jewelry and we place it around and it's a reminder of, of who Jesus was and, and what Jesus did. But very seldom is it a reminder for me to die to myself. Jesus says, are you willing to say that I'm the Christ? Are you willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender? That there's, there's something else that's, that's tucked away in, in this, and in, in it, in it's this question, am I willing to sacrifice? He says this in verse number 35, he says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will, will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The word lose, the word exchange, it calls you and I to consider what we're willing to sacrifice for. You see, when, when we look at what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is asking, he says, whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. D- d- the word lose means to destroy, to put out of the way 
entirely. The word exchange is what is given to keep or acquire. And some of us are, are trying to hold on to our life and, and we're trying to exchange things. We're trying to, to, to keep something, to acquire more. And what Jesus says is this, here's what I would rather you do. I would rather you lose your life. I would rather you sacrifice your life because when you sacrifice your life for me, here's what happens. You gain everything. That's why the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 said, look, I could go through this list. I could go through all of these details. I could talk about my background. I could talk about my education. I could talk about how I was a standout in every area. But here's the deal. I would gladly sacrifice all of that that I might know more of who Jesus is and what he has for me. You see, sometimes in our life, it's really easy for us to begin to go ahead and say, okay, I believe that you're the Christ. And then it's easy for us to surrender and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way until there's a cost. Until we perceive something as a sacrifice. Until we have to make a change in, in our lifestyle. Until we're afraid that we might lose a friend. And until we're afraid that it's going to, to cost us something. I want to tell you something this morning. As, as I share this message, I, I, I've been asking myself these questions for, for the last several weeks. On, on vacation with, with my family, having a great time and thinking about what am I willing to surrender to and for? What, what am I willing to, to let my relationship with Jesus cost me? What, what am I willing to, to go ahead and, and, and look at, at my life and, and, and the statement that I believe that Jesus is the Christ and begin to, to put back in line with that. Because it's an easy statement to make and it's a challenging statement to live. But Jesus wasn't just calling Peter to words. Jesus was calling Peter to life. You see, one of the, the biggest struggles within the church today is this. We're really great at creating moments. But we struggle with creating a life. We're good at boiling everything down to one point that's memorable. We can create environments and, and we can do all kinds of, of things. As long as we have the budget, we can do that. But, but when it comes to realizing that all of that stuff is really not what, what we're after and really not what Scripture calls us to. Jesus says, okay, who do you say that I am? Are, are you saying that, that I'm the Christ? And then here's what I'm saying. I'm asking you, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm asking you, will you surrender? Will you sacrifice? Here's a, another question, and it's really this. It says, am I willing to be a servant? He says, take up his cross and, and follow me. To take up his cross to come and follow me means to attach ourselves to Jesus. That, that's the word follow. It's not from a distance. It's not to, to hold back. It's not to look at once a week. It's to attach ourselves to Christ and to be his servant. So what does it look like? To answer the question, who do you say that I am? Jesus, Jesus asks it. And Peter responds. And the moment that Peter responded, he said, you are the Christ. And I'm sure that there was a celebration. I'm willing to bet that people were patting Peter on the back and they thought it was great because Jesus said, you got it right. But you and I, sometimes just like Peter, we get the statement right but we get the living a little off because we began to tell Jesus how it's going to unfold. And Jesus gives us the following verses and he says, look, the son of man's going to be lifted up. He's going he's to be killed. He's going to be buried in three days. He's going to rise again. And they wrestled with that. And he said, look, if anyone wants to follow me, they can, they can do that, but they got to deny themselves. They got to take up their cross and they've got to follow me, which means to attach, to come alongside and be close to Jesus, to come alongside and to be the helper of Jesus, to come alongside and to serve with Jesus. Let me ask you something. 
Does your, does your life add up with an answer to, to yes of, am I willing to be a servant? Am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to surrender? You see, Jesus says this. He said, or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? What will you give to try and keep what, what's yours? But then he, he says this. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let me, let me ask you this last question. You see, sometimes it's really easy for us to say, I believe that you're the Christ Jesus. That's, that's who I, I believe that you are. You're the anointed one. You're the one that came to, to save. But how would we answer this question? Am I willing to share Jesus? You see, Jesus knew what he was up against. Am I willing to share Jesus? He, he knew what he was up against. He knew that Peter would come and, and that Peter would deny him. He knew that there would be a moment when someone began to, to say, look, who do you think that this Jesus is, that it would be easier just kind of to move on to another conversation? Why? Because we want to, to fit in. Why? We don't want to sacrifice friendships. Why? We don't necessarily want to serve and attach ourselves to Jesus because of what other people might think. This whole surrender thing, it, it can be easy one-on-one. -on -one. It's great in a church service. It's great in a moment, but, but, but it's hard to live on a daily basis. So, so when Jesus says, look, there, there's coming a time when I'm going to return, and let me just tell you something. If you've found it easy to, to share me in, in front of this generation, and if you'd rather identify with me than, than them, hey, that's a great thing. It's going to be a good day for you when I return. Jesus says, take a look around this crooked and perverse generation. Do you honestly care more of what they think about you or the one that came to die and to give his life so that you might have eternal life? Who do you care more about what they think? You see, honestly, who do you say that I am? It's an easy question to answer, but it's challenging to live. And today, I want to ask you this. One day, when Jesus returns, two things are going to matter more than anything. The first thing is, who do you say that Jesus is? Do you say he's the Christ? The second thing is, is this. What have you done for Jesus? Because that's what Jesus says. That's, that's not me. It's right there, Mark chapter 8. He says, one day I'm going to return. One, one day I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back. And, and, and have you shared me with the people around you? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, think about that for just a moment. Think about how ridiculous it is for us to worry more about what society and culture thinks than what Jesus thinks. I get the peer pressure. I get the challenge. I get not wanting to stick out like a, a sore thumb. I get all of those things. I get it. I've lived it. Some of you get it, and, and, and you have lived it as well. But Jesus is simply saying in Mark chapter 8, who do you say that I am? And then he leads us down through a passage of scripture and he politely asks us this, does who you say that I am match up with how you live? What you say that I am. Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to be a servant? Am I willing to share Jesus? It's a question that Jesus asked that we have to answer. So what is your answer?
Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Today, if you're not 100% certain that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I want you to know that Jesus gave his life for you. That's why he came. He came and lived a perfect life because you and I aren't capable of that. You see, we're sinners that need a Savior. And Jesus gave his life. He exchanged his life. Talk about a sacrifice. He gave everything up for you and for me that we might know him. And today, if you don't know him, I want you to know that he wants you to know him. So today, if you're not certain that Jesus Christ is your Savior, here's what I'd love for you to do. Right now, right where you are, online, in person, wherever it might be, if you want to know Jesus as your Savior right now, if you want to say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, then here's what I encourage you to do. I want you to pray this simple prayer along with me, but I don't want you to make it my prayer. I want you to make it your prayer. You pray it from your heart. Pray it out loud if you want to. It doesn't matter. The, the, what matters is that you respond and you say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ. And I believe that I'm a sinner and I believe that I need a Savior, so I'm asking you to be my Savior. So let's pray that together. If you've got that want to in your heart. Jesus, the best I know how, today, I believe that you're the Christ and I believe that you came to die for my sins and that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day. So today, Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to be my savior. Jesus, please forgive me and please save me. You see, you pray a simple prayer like that and Jesus will do exactly what he said he will do. And if you prayed a prayer like that, no matter where you, you're at, we want you to, to let us know. So if you could let us know online, if you're here in person, let us know at the Connection Center today. We want to be able to help you celebrate that, and we want to be able to help you learn more about Jesus and who he is. And today, maybe you would say, John, I already know Jesus is my Savior. I believe he's the Christ. And let me ask you this. Are you living like he's the Christ? You see, a lot of us live like we know a little bit about Jesus we believe he's the Christ and we, we keep him tucked back and we struggle to surrender and to sacrifice and to serve and to share until it's a moment that's a good moment, a comfortable moment, or a tragic moment. And then we bring all those things out and we unpack all that Jesus is in our life and we call on him and we ask him to help and all of these things. But, but today, let's take a step away from that. Let's call ourselves to a higher place of living. Let's, let's together... Say, Jesus, I want to live my life for you, and I want, to, I want to come after you. I want to follow you, and I want to deny myself and take up my cross and be everything that you want me to be. Today, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer along with me. Make it your prayer in response to the Father today. Dear Lord, we come to you today, and Lord, we're human beings that have tendencies to struggle and to want to make a decision and to make a commitment and then sometimes fall back from that commitment. Lord, we, we believe that you're the Christ, but sometimes we have trouble living that out. Today, Jesus, I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you to help all of these that are gathered here. Lord, help us to not only answer, I believe that you're the Christ, but, but help us to be willing to answer yes to, am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to be a servant? Am I willing to share Jesus? Help us to answer yes to all of those and many more questions that flow from that passage of scripture. Father, help us to say yes to the fact that you're the Christ with our words and with 
our living. Because, Father, we all know that actions speak so much louder than words. Lord, help us to live our life for you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, you're part of our Harmony online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.